Welcome back to episode number 42 of the MP Dude. I am Jeff the MP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all of our voices, so keep the comments, questions, concerns, headaches, problems, whatever it is. I don't care. I want to hear it. I don't care if you call or send me a note and say, hey, Jeff, uh, here's a story of something that happened to me at work, and I just want to let you know about it. I want to hear these things, because if it's happening to you, chances are it's happening to 100 other people out there, and we need to make sure that that information is getting addressed and that we're figuring it out along with you. So if you've got a problem, we all have a problem, and we need to know about it. And, and just being selfish, I need to know about it, because if I don't even know it exists. How do I know how to address that problem? So... Keep those things coming to me. I, I appreciate the comments. You guys are doing great. We hit 600 likes on the Facebook and uh, on the Facebook. I know you can tell how old I am, right? On the Facebook, um, but we like crushed through it. Like it, we hit 600, it was like it was slow to get there. It was like 580, 590, five, you know, 95, 600. It was like 618 when I was leaving work today. So it was like all of a sudden, boom, 18 more. So you guys are doing great. You guys are spreading the word. You're getting some shares out there. I'm getting a, a good number of personal messages. I'm getting some emails at jeff at the npdude.com. And uh, so what do we want to talk about today? Well, today I, I think, you know, I've got enough people that now are asking me information that it's obvious that they're not, they're not regulars to listening to all of my shows. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, but what, what's not okay is it's hard for them to really know what my background is because I've only talked about it in my intro. And I'll funnel some people to that every now and then and say, hey, if you're bored and you got you know some time to kill, go, go listen to who this wacky guy is and how I got here. So what was my, my wonky path to becoming a nurse practitioner? And that's a good show. Episode one, you can put an intro in the search tool and that'll give you the go right to that page. So that way you don't have to search through my website. But we're getting enough people listening that people don't know who I am. They don't know what my background is, and they don't really know. So every now and then, I'm going to just give a quick update of like, you know, five minutes of you know who's Jeff, and that way you guys, you know, just reinforces if you haven't heard it in a while, or you don't remember, or you haven't listened to episode one, and you don't want to spend you know 20 minutes listening about a guy telling him about himself, talking about himself. That way you guys can get the information out there. So my name's Jeff. I'm a nurse practitioner in Ohio. I graduated in August of 2016, and then took my boards pretty close after that. I've uh, been working about you know, I don't know three months, four months, four months now. Uh, started right around the first of the year, and so I'm brand new at this. This is new to me, but the business stuff I've been around for a long time. Working in an office environment, I've been doing for almost 20 years. Actually, probably over 20 years um, when you put it all together. But before becoming a nurse practitioner, I worked in ICU a couple different places, did that for about four or five years, and then uh, went to NP school. But before that, what did I do? I was an attorney and an engineer. I was a licensed professional engineer as a civil environmental engineer. I worked at a bunch of different types of companies over the years. I've done civil environmental engineering. I've done um, civil site design. I've done water and wastewater treatment plants, you know, the poop factories. I've been in them, yes, and I've been in sewers. Yes, I've been all the way under the underbellies of, of Northeast Ohio. Um, so I've done a lot of different things, but in, in, that, in that period of time, I rose up the ladder and became um, mid-management, then upper management, and, and eventually got to project management, doing some pretty large projects all over the country. And it was okay, but it wasn't fulfilling to me. It was, it was fun at first, 
you know, the, you know, it's exciting when you're, you know, striking out in a new career and you're getting good at something. And then once you get decent at something, and I was never, I'm, I'm not going to brag and say, yeah, I was grinding at everything. I'm, I was average at everything. I'm an average guy. I just work really hard. But I, you know, I spent time doing these projects and none, you know, very seldom did they get built. And so it wasn't very satisfying. And eventually I got to the realization that I've lost my passion in that, in that career and I wanted to help people on a personal level. So how do you do that? You switch. you got to figure out what it is. So I spent about two years figuring out what the heck is it that I want to do that would help people, that's going to give me some kind of a, a, you know, a decent pay and all that good stuff that goes along with it. But at the core, you're really helping people. And that's why I like nursing. And that's why I kept coming back to that when I was thinking about what do I want to do. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I came to the conclusion that that was for me and I, I haven't looked back and it's been a lot of fun and I've enjoyed a lot of it. I, there's been some struggles, don't get me wrong, and nothing's puppy dogs and rainbows all the time, but man, it was, it's, it's been a lot more fun, a lot more enjoyable. I get to joke around and talk to my patients. I had someone today say, you should be a teacher, Jeff. And I said, why? She goes, I have never had anybody tell me how it worked like that. I didn't understand my illness and now I understand it. And so hopefully she'll take better care of herself. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That one thing made my day right there. So that's why you do what you do. you got to find your passion, and that's what I've done. And so I've been, been really happy about doing that. Now, why did I start the podcast? I, you know, it, it started out as kind of a joke. You know, I listened to a lot of podcasts, and I couldn't find one. I was honestly, I was, I was sitting there uh, last summer in class saying, you know, I think I'm going to start a podcast because I can't find one about school and nurse, you know, what we're going to do when we get out and what are the, what are the problems and challenges, you know, what, what, how do you get your collaborative, what's all this crap that we got to deal with, and, you know, what, what's credentialing. I didn't. These were all words that you get at, that are buzzwords when you're in school, but you don't know what they mean. And so that's why I figured, well, as I'm doing this, I'm going to just, as I'm figuring it out, learning on my own, I'm going to talk about it. And this is kind of a day-in-the-life recording. This is what I'm, what the stuff that I see on a day-to-day basis or the issues that are coming up, I talk about. And if you guys have issues that you're going through in your day-to-day life, I want to hear about them so I can be your mouthpiece too, so we can get this out there, figure out what we need to know. And the more, the more consistent we act as a profession, the more we promote our profession. The more unified we are, the more solidarity we have, the better we are off. All of us. And that goes for everything, from how our patients view us to how physicians and, the, and administration uh, compensates us. All of that revolves around us acting in a certain way and doing it together. And if we don't coalesce, if we have certain people acting in one way and another people acting in another way, and some people accept some things and others reject other things, it doesn't sound like we're a cohesive thing. And it's how do you get 220,000 people to be cohesive? You listen to my podcast. That's how. That's how you do it. I'm just just teasing. But if 220,000 people want to listen, that's great. Let's do it. I'd like to get 1,000. Let's do that first. But we'll get there. We'll keep trying with your help. I can't do it by myself. I'm doing it with you guys. So that's why I started this podcast was to do that. Now, I, you know, I spent a lot of time on Facebook on the for- forums, and I've learned a ton from you guys in these Facebook forums. I really have. Lots of information from how to treat things, from pictures of, you know, uh, skin rashes to, you know, uh, how to analyze testing and things like that. Man, you guys are awesome. And I've learned a ton, more than I've learned in school, from you guys on Facebook. And that's kind of sad, right? 
So what 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 did I do about this? I I, you know, I can't do Facebook when I'm driving all over all over the place, and neither can you, or you shouldn't be. If you are, then you know that's that's a problem. Unless you're sitting shotgun, shouldn't be on Facebook while you're driving, especially on uh, you know back country roads where you're going to hit turkey and deer all the time. So I said, you know what? Let's do this podcast. We'll get it started. We'll figure out what's we'll figure it out as we go. I had some time between um, getting getting credentialing and getting things started. Things were slow kicking off, you know, as they always are, slower than you want. And I'm like, screw it, let's just do it. Let's go. Let's get this thing started. But I had the Facebook page earmarked, you know, eight months ago. It was last fall, and I couldn't find a good podcast. I really, really couldn't. So that's why I'm doing it. And it's it's just kind of evolving, and it's going to evolve again. I guarantee this thing's just going to keep changing. It's, and that's okay. That's what we, that's here for. We're nurses. That's what we do. We pick we pick up where we what we need, and we we adapt to it. We make do with what we got, right? We just adapt and change, and we can't freak out about it. That's what nursing is. So what do we talk about? That's that's enough about me. So go back if you guys haven't listened to the intro section. Go back and listen to the intro. You can uh, get the you know eighteen or twenty minute spiel of how I got here and all you know what my passions were and why I did what I did and all that stuff. And it's that's the truth. I'm I'm not doing this to be anything other than honest. And and I get things wrong and that's honest too. I'll admit it. I'm the first one to admit I get stuff wrong all the time. I say that all the time. So I'm not the expert in everything, but I'm going to bring things to light. And if you guys are experts, I want to hear from you. <laughs> if you're correcting things on me, tell me. You don't believe what I say? Tell me why. And I might even say you're right. Let's switch it. And I've done that in the past already. So I'm okay with that too. So keep me honest. Tell me the truth, what you guys feel to be the truth if you don't agree with what I'm saying. Um, don't forget you guys can email me, jeff at the mpdude.com. So if you've got questions about background, and here's like here's the example. I've had... Um, I don't know how many nurses that are, you know, probably in their, you know, 50s come up to me and say, hey, Jeff, you're an engineer, right? And I'm like, yeah. Hey, my son's looking or my daughter's looking at going into engineering. What kind of, you know, what should they be looking at? And so I get a lot of questions like that. Hey, wh- why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why didn't you do, you know, electrical? Why did you do this? Why did you, you know, so those are all very personal things. But, um, you know, I don't have a problem telling you guys why I did what I did. If you guys have questions about me, I'll talk. I don't care. I'm open source. You get, what I know is what you know. That's how it should be. Um, so there's that. And and, um, and I have a, I've had a couple people ask about, you know, what why'd you go to law school or should I go to law school? Should I do this? And those are the, those types of questions are always hard for me because I'm I, you know, that's a personal decision. I'm not going to tell somebody to go change their life. And then you show up at my front door with a baseball bat because <laughs> your life didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. Whoops, I'm not doing that one. Um, Jeff said to go to do this, and then now my life sucks, and I'm going to beat him. Jeff, you suck, right? Yeah, so I'm not going to do that. But I'll tell you why I did the things I've done, and I, and I got no problem doing that. So keep those comments, questions coming, too. I have no problem with it. Um, what else we want to talk about today? I had somebody just, it was just recent. I was just having to catch it. It's, it's on my, my, my brain right now. So I, I think I'll just do this one. And it was, um, how do you handle a clinical that doesn't really, um, doesn't really give you much opportunity for hands-on? Or, or and, and that wasn't the, it wasn't necessarily the, a question. It was just kind of a conversation that I had. And, um, but what, what I would rather say, it would be more like this. Why or what do you do to make the most of your opportunity in a clinical? 
I think is a more positive way to say it. So rather than saying, what do I do when I got a crappy preceptor? And I'm not saying this person was saying that. I'm just, you know, I'm putting, putting that out there from my words. So if you get a crappy preceptor, what do you do? Well, here's my experience. I had a preceptor, and um, I'm not going to use names or clinical experiences, which one it was, because I'm not going to throw somebody under the bus, because they might be listening. And, and, and it, it wasn't a personal thing. It was just a, it was a, a conflict of personality would be how I describe it. This individual wasn't confident as a, as a practitioner. And I'm a pretty confident individual. You can put me in, in a lot of settings. I might be nervous about it, but I'm going to fake it. You won't know it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I'll fake it till I make it. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I can shoot from the hip just by talking. And, and the biggest thing I've been honest about or confident about is the honesty. So if I honestly don't know something, if I say confidently to a patient, I have never heard of that. I'm going to look it up. Let's figure it out. They're okay with it because I said it with confidence. If you try to BS your way around, oh, yeah, 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 and then it's obvious you don't know what you're talking about, they're losing all faith in you. But if you, not everybody's going to expect it to know everything. So that was the, that's my confidence issue. So if you're, if you're having a confidence issue in your clinical and that's resulting in you not having the opportunity to do things, so maybe you're, you know, you know, not, not voicing opinions, you're not answering questions when you're asked, you're not looking things up in between patients. That's, these are all things you should be doing in clinical set. So maybe we'll do that as like what you should do in clinicals is another podcast show sometime. Maybe that would be a good one to do too. But how do you get the best out of any clinical situation? I don't care what the situation is. I don't care if your preceptor's a turd and you don't get to put a hand, you put a stethoscope on a chest or put a finger on a pulse or, um, you know, palpate a single, you know, fundus. I don't, it doesn't matter, whatever it is, right? It, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you don't get to touch the patient, there's still a thousand things you could be learning from that experience. I mean, you, the demeanor of, the, of the, the physician or the practitioner with the patients. How do they handle those, those argumentative, you know, I want this test, I want that test. How does that work? My, one of my preceptors who I really, really thought was awesome, and, um, and I even called him out on it after the patient. And here's what he did. It was great. It was, it was fantastic. And this is an example of I didn't touch a patient on that, that case. But here's what happened. This patient was very demanding, extremely demanding, kind of almost borderline irate. And, and this doc, he was a physician, and he, he, um, he slowed down his speech really slow. And he talked very soft to the point where it was almost awkward. And he talked like this. And why do you feel that you have that, that problem? Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Let's talk about it. Tell me more about it. And so he did that type of thing. And he didn't do that ever before. I never heard it. He was kind of an outgoing, kind of peppy. You know, just, but when this guy was irate, he just kind of toned it way back. And so it like completely threw this guy off. You know, he wanted somebody to headbutt into him. And he didn't do it. He didn't give it to him. He took that away. And so he looked, the guy like calmed way down, like almost instantly, without ever having to say, you know what, I'm not going to be pushed around. Don't be like that. <laughs> you don't have to say it. That was an awesome learning experience. We got out of the room. I said to that physician, I saw what you did there. He goes, what did I do? He goes, I said, and I told him, he goes, yeah, I do that. He's like, you're the first person to ever noticed that. I do that. And I said, yeah, that was awesome. That's an awesome skill. I'm going to use that. I'm taking that with me. 
goes, good. That, that's, that's what you're here for. So those are experiences that you can take too. And you could take the bad ones too. I've learned more from bad managers on how not to be a manager than I've learned from good managers. Because good managers, you take it for granted. This shit just gets done and everything's in a good, everything it's just works, flow is, is good, everything's happy, everything's fine with a good manager. When you got a poor manager, you realize all the problems of why they're not doing what they're doing. And you look at it and say, that's not a good way to do it. I wouldn't do that. I would do it this way. This guy over there did it. And you, you know, pick your good role models. So you can use negative experiences in a positive way. So don't take it as a negative. I would turn that I, that mindset of, man, I got a crappy preceptor, crappy situation, turn that crap around. Be happy, be nice, be polite, be professional, look crap up in between patients, and, and, and um, show initiative, and you'll get to do more hands-on stuff. So nobody's going to let their patients, if this is an overprotective physician or overprotective practitioner, and they're like, uh, I don't know if I know this person, I'm going to wait, you know, two or three weeks before this person's even allowed to touch a patient and uh that's not the right attitude um you know that you you just you you got to go in and just be I mean, not aggressive by any means because that's going to push that per, that preceptor away but go in confident and and confident in not knowing as well i don't care if it's not you don't know the answer but you be confident in it no, I don't know. I learned that. Oh, I thought I knew that. Jeez, oh, I'm so stupid. I messed up again. Don't do that crap. That's 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 not good. <laughs> it's not healthy. Go and say, I don't know. I'm looking it up though. And you write it down and you look it up, and then you tell them that you looked it up the next day. Hey, yeah, I looked that up. You know, I didn't realize that this was how that works. What do you do for it? And have a canned question. I talk about canned questions all the time. I do. I talk about that in interviews. I can questions all the time. I can't questions before I have a patient come in the room. If it's a specific thing, PCOS or something like that, I have canned questions to ask them. So I have it in my mind. So while my brain is doing that processing and thinking, I can at least get the canned question out there and let them think about it. And so it, it buys me time too. I mean, it's kind of a not it's a, a play back and forth, but it makes you sound more intelligent. It makes you sound like you know what's going on. So have that have that done as well. Do your do your homework. I said in the, in my in in um, in my previous podcast the success story for school. Right, the clinical sites matter more than anything else. Get into it. That means what you're seeing in the clinical site is what you're looking up. I don't care. You know the test. Not that I don't care about the test because the tests matter too. You still got to get the grade. Still got to pass. But I don't really care about the freaking test. Because the tests are poorly written, awful questions. Yeah, in real life, multiple choice isn't the way life is. It just isn't. You don't have to pick the best of these answers. You're going to know what you're going to do when you see a patient. If you don't know what you're going to do, you're going to look it up. But if you, if you take the time and energy to learn how to look it up, to be effective, that's what you're going to be doing when you're done. So that's my recommendation on that one is to just get into it in between patients, look crap up at night, and, and don't go crazy. Don't be writing down 10 things every night. Just write down the big ones and say, hey, you know, I'm going to look that one up there. Do you have any resources? What's the recommendation? Do you know of which, which organization has the best guidelines on, you know, when to do your PAP tests and which one? Should I use USPSTF or should I use ACOG? I don't know. Look it up. Okay. And then you make your recommendations based on that. 
and then you go in and talk to them. And I guarantee that people will respect you more, number one. Number two, they're going to trust you more, and then they're going to let you see patients on your own. They're going to say, hand it off. Now, when, uh, the question I was asked was, when did you get to do hands-on with your patients? Day one. I literally walked in and said, hey, I'm brand new. And they gave me a computer and said, here, there's a room right there. There's a patient in it. They're here for a, a you know, cold or a sniffle or follow-up labs or whatever it was. Okay. And you go in, you knock on the door, and you just do it. Don't even worry about it. Just do it. Say, hey, I'm, I'm Jeff. I'm a student. I'm new at this. Um, you know, what brings you in today? And you're just talking to a human being. At that point, you're just trying to figure your flow. And it takes time. And it, you're going to say things wrong. People are going to look at you weird. And you're a student. Guess what? doesn't matter. doesn't matter. They're probably not going to be your patient five years from now anyways. So who cares? When you're done and, go, and graduated, you're probably not going to see that person again. And if you are, then we'll laugh about it. <laughs> Remember when you told me this? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> yep. Huh? Good thing I've learned, huh? Yeah, yeah. Good thing I, I learned all that from, you know, all these good clinicals I've been in. Strange patients like you tease the patients. Okay. But yeah, I was day one. I, I literally got here, here's, here, go in that room. There's a patient. There's your patient. Good luck. You got 20 minutes. Go do it. And uh, I'd go in, figure out what I thought I needed, come out, talk to the practitioner. They'd laugh at me. <laughs> you know, they don't laugh. Some of them might. They'll give you some guidance. You might have to go back in the room, ask some more questions, do some more assessments, come back out, make your recommendation in the plan, and then go from there. And if you haven't learned the plan portion of it, like which antibiotic to use or which of that to use, be honest but confident in your honesty. I haven't learned that yet. We haven't done that yet. I still have another year. That's all like next year. I really want to learn that. Where is the best resource that I can get that? I would like to learn that today, <laughs> not next year. How do I do that? Way before I'm supposed to learn it in school. Show initiative. See how it works? All right. Am I beating this dead horse? I think I am. But I'm having fun, and I'm tired, and I ramble when I'm tired, and I'm driving, and it's still light out, so we're, we're doing okay. So if you guys have questions or comments or, or recommendations on um, how you would handle a, a difficult preceptor, send me a note. Jeff at the mpdude.com. You can always give me a message on the Facebook page. Don't forget to share and like the Facebook page. I'm on iTunes. I only had two ratings last night. I think it was last night. Yeah, it was last night. I only had two ratings on iTunes. And it even it was like mocking me. It said... You, sorry, the NP dude, you only have two ratings, so we can't even put your rating next to your name. So rate me. Give me a rating. I'd prefer it be a good one, but if you're not, that's fine. Just tell me why. I don't care if I'm not your cup of tea. That's fine. But tell me why. I want to know. Because if, if, if there's something I could fix, and, and you're, you know what, and it makes it better, maybe you're not going to listen again, but it makes it better for somebody else that is listening, tell me. Tell me what's wrong. Is it audio quality? That's going to get better. I promise it will. Is it, uh, you know, no intro music? I just don't have time for that crap. We'll get there. I'm making excuses. But we'll get to that stuff eventually. So, thanks again for listening, guys. Send me those comments. I really mean it. I want to hear everything that's just a burden to you guys. What's the headaches that you have in your day? Is it your MAs? Is it your staff? Is it... Um, uh, how your office is running and it's just not working? Is it your credentialing process? Is it your billing purse? I don't care. I want to know what it is. What's the problem? How do we fix it? What are our suggestions? Because I'm probably going to run into those problems too. So thanks for listening and we will talk soon.